fellowship. Then if we get the opportunity, we're going to talk about spiritual adventure. All these things help you to develop yourself spiritually. Alright, so we are on number one. And number one is the word of God. Why do we need the word of God? The Bible says that the intake of the word of God makes us grow. First Peter 2.2, 2, the Bible says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. So what the scripture is saying is that as a Christian, as a Christian baby, as somebody who wants to develop spiritually, desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby, which, is, which means just desire the word of God. And through the intake of the word of God, you will grow. And I established to you last week that the reason why he uses um, milk as the explanation and a baby is for us to understand. Because we see it all the time. When babies are born, they drink milk. And God has made breast milk for babies so that they will grow. And God has put everything that a baby needs in the breast milk. All of us, I want to believe that we had breast milk. Brother, did you have breast milk when you were born? You did. Your mother told you at least. Yeah. So, without breast milk, you will struggle. Say amen. The same way without the word of God, you will struggle. And as you take in the breast milk, you grow. As you take in milk, you grow as a Christian. As, you, as a baby. Now, as you take in the word of God, you also grow as a Christian. So the question is, how come that there are Christians who are not growing spiritually? It's very simple. Many Christians or many people in church do not take in the word of God regularly. For some people, the only time they hear the word of God is on a Sunday when they come to church. So if you don't come to church on a Sunday, or let's say you come to church regularly, every Sunday, how many of you are here every Sunday? Okay, let's assume that all of you are here. For, I mean, we don't want any arguments. It's Sunday morning. All of you are here every Sunday. It's still not enough. Because what it means is that you take in the word of God just once a week. Now imagine if you were eating once a week. You only ate once a week. You look like someone doesn't eat too much. How many times do you eat a week? Seven times. Which means you eat once a day. I think you should clap for her. She eats once a day. Seven days a week. It's, it's not bad at all. Do you get If you were taking in the word of God once a day, seven times a week, you will grow spiritually. You will grow spiritually. See, how about you? How many times do you eat a day? You don't eat at all. Hey! Somebody bring me hot water to pour on this girl. Let, let's check with the brothers. Njabulo. Are you Njabulo? Yeah, Njabulo. How many times do you eat a day? Three times. Yeah, three square meals. I don't know why they call it square, but three square meals a day. Which is, I mean, the average. That's the average. How many of you eat three times a day? I mean, not because you don't have, but 
I mean, three times. Doctor, you eat three times a day. Yeah. How many of you eat twice a day? Breakfast and supper, twice. How many of you eat once a day like this sister? Once a day. Not so many. So many of us are inclined into eating. Is that not so? Therefore, we are growing. In the same way, if you are inclined into taking in the word of God, you will begin to grow. So this is the reason why people are in church for a long time, yet they do not grow. Because they don't take in the word of God regularly. And I said, sometimes the reason why people don't take in the word of God regularly is that they have not developed a system that helps them to take in the word of God regularly. Because the way life is, if you don't have a system, you will not take in the word of God regularly. Other things will come in the way, school, work, children, pressure, all things, sleep, laziness, many different things will come in your way. Therefore, you would realize that you can easily go for three days without taking in the word of God. Then suddenly you realize that, hey, I've not read my Bible in a while. Then you come and read it again. That is why we need a system. So last week I introduced you to a system called quiet time to help us all take in the word of God regularly. How many of you were here last Sunday? Okay, how many of you were not here last Sunday? Wow, okay, you'll catch up, don't worry. So, what is a quiet time? A quiet time is a, a time that you spend alone with God every day. A time you spend alone with God, fellowshipping and interacting with God every day. And I said a few things to help you. So, in that time, you make time to pray, you make time to read your Bible. So that is how we grow every day by reading a small portion of the Bible every day and fellowship with God. That's how, how, that's how come I become a pastor. I wasn't born a pastor. I was born a baby like this baby. And I went through life, but by just taking the word of God, bit by, just as you don't eat everything, you don't just walk into shop right and eat everything that is in shop right. At a go, but you eat it bit by bit by bit by bit, and you are growing. In the same way, as you take in the word of God bit by bit by bit, you grow. And I said, that is the quiet time. I said a few things about it. I said, for your quiet time to be regular and effective, you must have a fixed time. Fixed and changeable time. A practical fixed time where you have your quiet time. Practical. A time that works for you. God said to Moses in Exodus 34, come up in the morning. God gave him a specific time to come. He didn't say, any time you feel like, come up the mountain. No, he said, in the morning. So it's like a specific time where you come to God and you fellowship with God. So you look at your life and say, look, I struggle to wake up. So if I choose maybe 4.30 a.m. or 5 a.m. or even 6 a.m., I will not make it. But I can choose a, a time, maybe... 7.30. After that, I'm sure I'm awake. I've finished bathing. I leave home. Maybe I leave home at 8 o'clock to go to school. So, 7.30 to 7.55 or 8 o'clock, I use it to read my Bible and have my quiet time. When I'm done, I step out of the house and go to school. Or, hey, pastor, I leave home at 7 o'clock to go to work. So, instead of waking up at 6 to leave at 7, I now wake up at half 5, 
have my quiet time from half five to six o'clock. Then I get into my normal routine and go to work. Practical and changeable time and stay with it. And once you stay with it, you begin to realize that you are reading your Bible more regularly than you used to do. Hallelujah. So now, what happens? How, how is it that reading your Bible or having your quiet time helps you to develop yourself spiritually? I want to share with you seven things that happen during your quiet time with the speed of light so that you get an idea why it's important for you as a Christian to have your quiet time. Amen. Amen. What happened to your hair? You did another one. It's great. It's powerful. We like this one also. Say amen. Wow. Seven things that happen during your quiet time. Seven important things that happen during your quiet time. Number one, during your quiet time, you develop your most important relationship. Or you develop the most important relationship of your life. Say amen. You develop the most important relationship of your life. One of the things my mother told me is that life is about relationships. It's about people and relationships. So one of the things I don't joke with is relationships. I don't joke with it at all. If I know you, I'm with you. I want to give you my best when I'm with you. That's it. Because that's life. That's what would define our relationship. Now, there are different people to develop a relationship with. A relationship with your mother, a relationship with your father, a relationship with your friend, a relationship with your husband, a relationship with so many your teacher, a relationship with your neighbor, a relationship with your mother-in-law. I mean, there are so many people that you can develop a relationship with. But not every relationship is the same. Hallelujah. Your relationship with your pastor is not the same as your relationship with your neighbor. Say amen. I said your relationship with your pastor is more important than your relationship with your next door neighbor. There are levels of relationship. Your relationship with your friend in school cannot be compared to your relationship with your mother. It cannot be compared to it at all. Your relationship with your cousin cannot be compared to your relationship with your husband. Hey, Pastor Martin, no blood is thicker than water, you say. Because my cousin, we have the same. We are from the Hlolulu family. And she's called Hlolulu. I'm also called Hlolulu. But my husband is called Jabulo. Jabulo is different from, it's a different clan name. Don't bring yourself. Your relationship with your husband is far higher than your relationship with this Lululu. Hey, Pastor, but why are you saying that my relationship with my pastor is more important than my relationship with my brother who's from my hometown? He's my homeboy. Hey, look. T- tell your neighbor, don't, don't be childish. Don't be childish. We learned about childish last week, ne? Yeah. Not that you are a child, but you have issues. Issues of a child. In the same way, your relationship with Almighty God, who is your creator, cannot be compared to your relationship with Sarah Ramaphosa. It cannot. And you don't even, I mean, let's be serious. You don't even have a relationship with, do you have his number? You don't even have his phone number. Do you have his phone number? 
Oh, but pastor, he's the president of South You don't even have his phone number. You can't even contact him. If he sees you, he doesn't know you. There's no difference between you and the Pope when he's passing. He's uh, the same. He, he's even more, if he comes here, he's even more likely to remember that there are three pillars in the church and there are balloons on the pillars than remember that you were in the church. I mean, I'm not, it's, more, it's, more, it's more likely he will remember that the chair had a black cloth than remember that Abigail you were here. Hey, for example, you say, he say uh, my best relationship is with Nelson Mandela. Do you, do you, do, have you, did you even meet Nelson Mandela? Did you? You just saw him on television and read in a book. I'm talking about the person who created all of us, which is Almighty God. The person who decides whether we wake up or we don't wake up when we sleep. The person who decides whether you will see 50 or you will not see 50. Whether you see 30 years or you will not see 30 years. The person who decides whether you will marry or you will not marry. Not your relationship with God is more important than your relationship with your pastor. I say it again. Your relationship with God is more important than your relationship with your pastor. Yeah. It's far, far, you, you, you can't, it's incomparable. Far more important than your relationship with your pastor. And it is during your quiet time that you develop this relationship. How, how do I know? Any two people who spend time together develop a relationship. Spend, the more you spend time together, the more you develop a relationship. And there's also a chemical reaction between a man and a woman if you put them together at the same place. A chemical reaction. Yes, thank you very much. So I can even put you on an island with Osama bin Laden for six months. By the time we come back, you'll be in love with Osama bin Laden. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, you hate Osama. You hate him with a passion. You even hate his ghost. He's dead. Even as I mention his name, you are all angry. But if I put you on an island with Osama bin Laden for six months, by the time I come back to take you, you'll be telling that, Pastor, you know, Osama is not as bad as they say he is. You know, uh, there's another side. You need to get closer to him to understand him very well. You know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a different guy, Pastor, you know. Why? Because there has been a chemical so you are with a guy, you are not planning to have a relationship with him. Stop spending time with him. This, this, this is the wisdom part of what I'm saying. Oh, pastor, but we are just, we are just hanging out. By the time you realize your heart has gone to the hangout. I don't have much time today. Let me continue my preaching. <laughs> so the more you spend time with God... In having your quiet time, the more you develop your relationship with him. If it's five minutes a day, ten minutes a day, twenty minutes a day, half an hour a day, one hour a day. But every day, you wake up, like I told you, 
for God to speak to you, you have to create an atmosphere. So you wake up, you put in some nice music. I just want to be where you are, dwelling daily in your presence. Take me to the place where you are. I just want to be with you. I want to be where you are. And you are in that presence. Dwell. Feasting at your table. Surrounded by your glory. In your presence. No. Stay in your lane, okay? Stay Put your hands together for her. She's doing very well, I tell you. Then you take your Bible. Maybe today's scripture is from James chapter 4 verse 8. Then you read it. Draw near to God and he will draw near unto you. Cleanse your hands, O ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So, wow. Then you pray, Lord, help me to draw near to you. Help me to cleanse my hands. That's what the scripture says. You close your Bible and you go. Tomorrow, you do the same thing. The next day, you do the same thing. By the time you realize, you'll be drawing near to God and you'll be having a better relationship with God. Yeah? Many people in relationships, when they don't get time for one another, their relationship fizzles out. Um, We haven't seen each other for like um, like, um, um, 16 16 days uh, before long you see the relationship has fizzled out so it means the more you see each other the more you build a relationship the more you, you have your quiet time the more you build a relationship with God and I'm saying that your relationship with God is your most important relationship it's more important than any relationship that you know even between you and your child hallelujah number two Having your quiet time makes you develop the most important personal habit of all time. When you have your quiet time, you develop your most important personal habit of all time. Now, our behavior is made up of habits that we have acquired as we have been growing, as we have grown up. Habits. The way you behave is just, a, is just a collection of the habits that you have acquired as you are growing up. That's why you wake up every day and you brush your teeth. Hopefully. That's why. How many of you have brushed your teeth this morning? Oh, just be sincere. I mean, you brush your teeth this morning. This side, not many. It's fine. But do you know why you brush your teeth? It's because you have acquired the habit. I said last week, we don't brush our teeth because we like the taste of toothpaste in our mouth. No. We brush our teeth because our parents forced us to brush our teeth from when we were little. I mean, if your parents didn't force you, do you think you'll be brushing your teeth? I'll come to other things that you don't do and you will see that it's actually your parents forced it on you, so you acquired it as a habit. Then later on, you understood the importance. They say, oh, it's good that... I mean, many of you now know that mathematics is important, but for some of you, it's too late. Say amen. Now you are looking down. Okay. Anyway, let's go. 
<laughs> yeah, by the time you understood that math was important, you had lost some basic foundations when it came to math. You were the first few maths, one plus one, two plus two, you were doing well then. When they started to just change it a little, one over two times three over four plus, then you said, what is this? Let's stay on one line. Why two lines? Then you started to lose interest. So, you, you just d- develop a distaste and a, dis- a distaste and a dislike for math. Then you withdraw a little. Then later on you realize that you really, really need math to do the course you wanted to do. But it was too late. So if your parents didn't force you when you were very little to brush your teeth, brush your teeth, you would realize it later on, but you will see that you've not acquired the habit. So it will always be a struggle. So we are teaching you now to have your quiet time so that that also becomes a habit. So without thinking, I don't think anybody wakes up and when you wake up, you think about it. Hey, I have to brush my teeth today. Oh, hey, why? We just wake up and then it's like, just by default, you just go to the sink, you take the toothbrush and the toothpaste, then you start, or a stick, then, you know, then you start. Why? It's a habit. The same way, many things you do, the way you eat, when you eat, they are all habits you have acquired. Some people start eating by eating all their meat. Then they come to the cups. That's how some people, as soon as you put their food for security reasons, especially if you grew up in a house where there were so many children, and there's always competition over raw material, in this case meat, protein, you go for the protein first. I've been in places where people are eating, everybody's holding their chicken in their left hand, and they are eating with their right hand. So you take, whenever you are ready, you take a bite, then you continue. I mean, you never know if you leave it in the bowl. Between your, your, the bowl and your mouth, by the time you realize, your chicken is lost. <laughs> and everybody has the same look on their faces. You can't tell who has taken your chicken. Do you see? So if you are from such a background, you start your food by at least taking care of the protein first. Some people also will eat all the cups. And then... The, the, the meat is like the, the price. Yeah, the price. Or something like the crowning part of the feast. Some people are like that. Some people also, it's like a little of this, a little of this. A li- Some of you don't eat veggies. Because you, you probably have not acquired the habit and the taste for it. You see eating veggies as a punishment. You see that I say, eat veggies. Say, oh, my mother is being wicked because yesterday I didn't do the dishes, so she's punishing me. Yeah. Meanwhile, you get to a point in your life, you go and see Dr. Lamla, she will tell you, only eat veggies. And and you'll be paying her to make you eat only veggies. Hello? Uh So... Quiet time is also a habit. And is the most important habit every Christian must acquire. Most important. 
having your quiet time. Most important. Because that is what helps you to develop a relationship with God. I mean, one of the habits I've acquired is drinking tea in the morning. I mean, it's one of the first things I do. When I, I, I don't know how to eat breakfast. I eat breakfast when it's, it's like it's been planned. I have to. But if you leave me by myself, once I'm, I take a trip to the kitchen, the next thing you see is I'm holding a cup of tea. And I'm drinking. Whether it's hot, cold, it doesn't matter. I acquired it. So now it's, it's like different. Today my wife told me, she says, sometimes when you are asleep, you shake your fingers. You shake your hands and then you shake your leg. And she said, it's because of caffeine. So I'm coming to ask you, please confirm. Because of caffeine. So if you can stop drinking coffee, it will stop. I look at her and I say, hey, why? Why such a When my hand shakes, is it your hand? Maybe it's the power of God moving through my hand. You two say it's coffee. Do you know why it's difficult? Because I can't, I'm trying to imagine that I've stopped drinking coffee. Hey, it will be hard, oh. Doctor, you have to come up with something, I'm telling you. Decaf. Okay, we'll go to decaf. We'll see. I hope it tastes nice. Why am I saying so? Once, you, once the thing becomes a habit, it's very difficult to stop. The third thing that happens when you have your quiet time is that you draw near to God. That's the scripture we read. James 4, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. When you have your quiet time, you draw near to God. A Christian who doesn't have his quiet time is far away from God. So imagine reading the Bible as steps that you take to God. So when you read it once, you take one step. You read it again. If it's after four months, you read it again. You still take one step. But the distance is still wide. But if you are reading it every day, it means every day you take a step. Every day you take a step. Every day. You, so every day you close the gap. Every day you close the gap between you and God. Every day. Every day you close the gap between you and God. Hallelujah. You draw near. You see, becoming spiritual is actually drawing near to God. Somebody who is not spiritual is somebody who is far from God. It's as simple as that. Somebody who is far from God. So during your quiet time, you now draw near to God. So then you now... Many people feel God is very far away. God, it's true. God is far away because you don't read your Bible regularly. You don't have your quiet time. But if you have your quiet time every day, you begin to feel that God is coming near, that God is coming. But what is really happening is that you are taking steps closer to God. And as you are taking steps closer to God, he is also taking steps closer. The Bible says, draw near unto God, and he will draw near unto you. That's it. Number four. I told you there are seven, so let's go. Number four. Quiet time makes you read the most important book in the world. The Bible is and still remains the most important book of the world. The Bible has been published, circulated, sold more than any book in the world. When you do your quiet time, 
you read the most important book in the world. Number five. A quiet time makes you, or your quiet time is your personal school of the word. Your quiet time is your personal school of the word. I think First Peter 3.18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It says, grow in your knowledge. Increase in your knowledge. First Peter 3.18, put it up, let's see. Grow in it, grow in it, increase in it. So each time you have your quiet time, you read a little of the Bible, you increase in your knowledge. Where is Butler? Wow. You in, and where is Jubes? Wow. You increase in your knowledge of the Bible. Without reading it, you Wow. Find it, just find it. You find it. either first Peter or second Peter, but you find it. Three eighteen or five eighteen, one of them. That's why you meet many Christians. They don't know anything in the Bible. If you were to ask them a question from the Bible, you create a problem for them. Reverend, they will find it for them. You create a problem for them. Because they don't know anything in the Bible. They, all they know is a few of the church songs. Obrigado, Obrigado is not in the Bible. Even what does he mean? What language is it? Portuguese? So what does he mean? Have you found it? Yeah. It means what? What does he mean? What does he mean? Who speaks Portuguese here? Obrigado is what? Thank you. Obrigado is thank you. That's what that we know. So it's like we are giving thanks to God. Yeah, but that's all you know. But give me another, give me a verse from the Bible. Give me a verse from John 3.16. Do you know it? John 3.17. Do you know it? John 3.18. Do you know it? Now, I don't blame you for not knowing it. But if you start having your quiet time regularly, you will begin to chance on... At least if you don't know anything at all. Today you have heard that there's a scripture in the Bible that says, Draw near unto God and He will draw... How many of you heard that scripture? Draw near unto God and He will draw near unto you. So you know that there's a scripture in the Bible like that. All you need to do is to remember where it is. Then you are in play. And it's in James chapter 4 verse 8. So then now... Your, your, your knowledge base of scriptures has gone up. We learned a scripture in the beginning, Dr. Lamla made, took us through. Clap your hands, all ye land. Shout with a voice of triumph. Is that that scripture? Yes, Psalm 47, verse 1. Is that it? Yeah. Clap your hands, all ye land. Shout with a voice of triumph. Or clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Yeah. So then you add it to the scriptures that you know. It's through your quiet time. That you know, without a regular quiet time, beloved, you will always be empty. And a Christian that is empty is a Christian that is unspiritual. Number six, it says, during your quiet time, you increase in your, it's your school of the word, you learn the word, then you increase in your knowledge. Number seven, it says, during your quiet time, you experience the presence of God. You experience the presence of God. 
One of the beautiful things about having your quiet time is that you experience the presence of God on your life. Presence of God. As you spend time singing, like we just sang a song right now, you feel the presence of The same thing you feel when you come to church that, oh, look, I think this place, God is here. That's the same thing you, so now you carry it to your homes, where every morning you have a time that, at this time, God's presence came upon my life. At this time, in the, if it's, like I said, 6.30 to 7, at that time, the presence of God is here. You experience, there's a desire in everybody's heart, there's a hunger in everybody's heart. Had to have the presence of God. Some just don't know that it's the presence of God. So, if you take people, like recently, my wife was asking, is drinking alcohol that addictive? And I say, you have no idea. You have no idea. Ask those who drink, you will understand. You have no idea. Because she, she, she always wonders. You know, if you have drunk before, you see, alcohol is bitter. Hello? I don't know if you know what I'm saying. Can I get a witness in the house? Alcohol is bitter. Even when we have communion, you see that it's bitter. When we did, wow. So, so somebody who doesn't drink always wonders why people drink. I don't know if you have wondered why people drink. Because if the thing is bitter, because I like sweet things. If you don't believe it, just look at my wife. I like sweet things. Yeah, I like sweet I don't. Anything that is bitter, I don't like it. I mean, it's bitter. No, I don't like it. Do you get it? it? Recently, I tried to stop drinking Coca-Cola. If I'm not recently, I've been trying to stop since I was in first year university. No, no, no. Because how do I know? One day, my roommate and I, we bought a, a crate of Coca-Cola. Just two of us. Those small 330 ml bottles. 24. Is it 24 in a crate? Yeah. And he was sitting here and I was sitting here. And we would take one. Then we will drink. Then we will be talking. From Saturday morning to Saturday, by the evening, we had finished the whole Coca-Cola. I told my, my roommate, this thing must be very bad. We have to stop drinking this thing. So we decided we have stopped. We can stop for about three days. Then we relapse. Then it takes us maybe another two weeks to start stopping again. Up till today, I'm still stopping. And imagine when I was in first year, almost 20 years ago, or if not 20 years ago. I'm still... So it's one of the things I'm praying that when we get to heaven, at least, there must be Coca-Cola in heaven. So when I see the way I like Coca-Cola and the way... People will like, let's say, like gin or vodka because it's better. It looks amazing. But you'll be surprised when they drink it, what it makes them feel. Do you get it? It's like when they move, like, hey, wow. The ground is not stable. I don't understand. The ground is moving. Meanwhile, they are the ones who are wobbly. The ground is the sea. Look, I'll tell you one story. One day I saw a guy who was drunk. And he was trying to cross a gutter, an open drain. So he was here. He staggered, staggered, staggered. Then he tried to cross. Then he fell 
into the dream. Then he put himself together. Then he got out of the dream. Guess what? He got out back to this side. And then he started again. <laughs> Unbelievable. I said, look, if you are falling, you just get out on the other side. No! He got back out here. And he's like... And to him, it's like the dream is moving. The gutter is moving. The gutter doesn't want to be at... One, one drunkard, he said, look, be stable. When you are in the bottle, you don't shake. But when you are in my stomach, then you are shaking. So my wife was asking, what are you talking? Pray that they don't know your secret. Because if they know your secret, that day, everybody will know. Pray that they don't know it. Pray that they don't know it. Now, it's it, 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 it gives them a certain feeling. So although they know alcohol is dangerous, or smoking dye is dangerous, because of the feeling it gives them. I mean, when you smoke that, men as trees. I mean, look, he's as high as high school. Then he's moving around. Hey! It's like nothing can compare to that feeling. I know. I know it will kill me. I know it will make me go crazy, but the feel. But is that emptiness, that quest for God and to, for God to be with us, that leaves people on these things? Yeah, sometimes you see a young lady, she's sleeping with everybody. Everybody. Every Tom, they can hurry, he's sleeping with the person. And that's why, because when you think about it practically, you know it doesn't make sense. But there's a certain hunger. Look, somebody sent me a message. Said, Pastor, I'd like to sit down with you and have a meeting with you. His father went to take. His mother was the source of the problem. So he said, as for me, I won't do this. Anybody I see, I like the person. I'll marry the person. So that we don't have any of this. He married one, two. By the time he realized, he was at 1,000. 1,000. And he had 300 concubines and princesses. It's like people in line for him to marry. Yeah, princesses. Yeah, he had <laughs> 300 psychics like Reverend David. I didn't say it. Reverend David is the one who said that. But he was still not satisfied. That thing can only be filled by God. And if you make time for God every day, you begin to see that that hunger it will be filled gradually. Gradually. You see, anxiety will die. Fear will Jealousy will be leaving you. Hate you. you will just be feeling, ah, I'm on top of the world. I'm happy. I'm fine. Yes, I, I, you, your shoe is six inches. Mine is four and a half. But, I mean, it was originally six, but, it has, but it's four and a half now. But I'm still okay. I, you, you, you begin to tell, but I went and I came, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm okay. And it's through having a regular quiet time. So my prayer for us is that we will develop that habit of having some time with God every day. Every day. Which is reading our Bibles every day 
and spending time with God. And our lives will not be the same again. We'll grow up spiritually. By the time this year is over, having had your quiet time for about a year regularly, you will see that your spiritual life will become a giant when it comes to spiritual things. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer as we close. Stand to your feet and let us close. Lift your hands to Jesus and say, Lord, help me. Help me. Help me by your Spirit. Help me by your mighty Holy Spirit to read my Bible, to develop the habit of having my quiet time every day. Pray for yourself where you are. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help you. Ask God to help you. Ask God to help you. Lord, help us. Help us. Help all of us under the sound of my voice. Help us to develop a personal relationship with you by having our quiet time regularly, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help us, O God. 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 Father, thank you for every hand that lifted. Our prayer is that you will help us by your spirit to have a regular quiet time, a regular time that we fellowship with you. Every day, fellowship with your word. Every single day in the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Say, Amen.